0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new brainy chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
0: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Welcome to another episode of Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for premium subscribers. And I hope you're enjoying the commercial-free episodes as well as the back catalog of past episodes, about 370 episodes, in fact. That should keep you busy this summer. Well, we're gonna keep hammering away at COVID-19 and the ongoing lockdown. There is so much faulty data out there that's being used to justify the quarantine, so much hysteria and fear being promulgated by the mainstream media. Joel Skousen is the editor and publisher of World Affairs Brief, a weekly news analysis service which covers news stories the establishment media and governments purposely omit in order to keep you from knowing the underlying agenda behind their actions or statements. And he's here to offer some fresh insights on the coronavirus pandemic. Joel is a political commentator on the philosophy of law and the U.S. Constitution. He served as a fighter pilot During the Vietnam War, and he's written several books, including Essential Principles for the Conservation of Liberty, Strategic Location, North American Guide to Safe Places, The Secure Home Survival Home Manual, Architectural Design, Construction, and Remodeling of Self-Sufficient Residences and Retreats, and How to Implement a High Security Shelter in the Home. Joel and welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you?
1: Well, very fine, uh, given our circumstances, but it's always good to be with you, Richard, and talk about the underlying conspiracies that are going on that affect our daily lives.
0: It it seems to me, and, and you've been at this a long time, I've been talking about de- the deep state and state secrets for about 20 years on the radio. It seems like this is really the year that the rubber meets the road. A lot of the things that we've been talking about have actually started to come to fruition.
1: It's true, but the issue surprised me and caught me off guard. Uh, you know, I've long been looking at the... Uh, uh, war agenda that they're setting up with Russia and China that will eventually justify taking down our, our civil liberties. But I did not expect they would use a pandemic out of nowhere uh, to uh, and, and set up the stage for that pandemic so that they could take civil liberties well before war.
0: Right. And if this was, was engineered and released on purpose rather than engineered and released accidentally... Uh, rather than uh, create something truly lethal, uh, it seems as if it was designed really to instill fear and and create a self-inflicted wound. We've put ourselves into a self-induced coma.
1: Well, it, it is my view that uh, the U.S. began and have still working on biological weapons, even though they signed the International Convention banning bioweapons. weapons. And they've been working on enhancing gene or gain of function, what they call it, in, in viral technology. It was ruled illegal by the courts so that the U.S. could not be funding gain of function. And so uh, Dr. Fauci, through the National Institute of Health, uh, basically uh, gave $3.7 million to the Chinese to continue working on this and gave them uh, a lot of the technology, knowing that China was working on bioweapons as well. Um, I think the, the globalist deep state did not want to get blamed for releasing this directly into the country, but they knew that China, with its sloppy safety protocols, would end up with an accidental release, and even though China was working on a biological weapon and clearly intends to clear out a lot of the United States for living space and Canada with a bioweapon sometime in the future, this was not ready for prime time. This is not a true bioweapon because it's just not that deadly. And uh, But it served their purpose. Uh, and in fact, they have hyped everything about this virus to the moon to make it appear more deadly than it is. But in fact, we now know it's only about 3% more deadly than a tough case of influenza.
0: Right, and, that's and from
1: the actual CDC figures now.
0: Yes, which came to light with very little media attention, and I want to come back to the data in a moment and yes. the the Swiss Policy Research study that, that you have um, summarized in World Affairs Brief. But I just want to make sure that people understand uh, gain of function, and my understanding is that when when there's when they're studying something like a coronavirus, uh, they need to. And, and they are injecting that into test monkeys it's a very expensive proposition so if the monkey doesn't develop symptoms it's a wasted uh experiment it's a failed you know you've got to replace that test monkey so they they increase the the, the i guess the virulence of whatever they're they're studying to make sure that the test animal comes down with the disease is that is that do i have that right
1: Well, yes, and they do this by taking a virus that normally comes out of the bat community and they alter the genome of it so that it uh, connects with a human AC2 receptor, which normally does not, so that it can invade humans. And monkeys are very similar to humans in that regard, and that's what they're trying to do. And that's a bioweapon research. The U.S. has no business uh, funding that to University of North Carolina and Chapel Hill to, to increase gain of function, to make a bioweapon, especially when you've signed a, you know, an international treaty that you're not going to pursue these
0: things. Right. So as you say, it wasn't that lethal. So they've had to hype it. And, and the only real contagion here is fear. So to wit, the, the Swiss policy research, a 75-page report, you've summarized it. Just give us some of the, the high points uh, of this fascinating study
1: Well, the most important high point is that through their expert analysis and things and and combining a lot of information that only 80% of people who test positive with COVID-19 in their tests actually have any symptoms or anything beyond just mild uh, flu-like symptoms, which are not deadly, don't require hospitalization, don't get reported to the doctors. And this in itself proves that this is not a deadly virus. Uh, because, you know, the flu has the same thing. And so they once again confirm a lot of things that I've been publishing in the portal brief as well, that over 90% of people, in fact, it's almost virtually 100% of people that die from COVID-19 die in combination with chronic disease and or immunodeficiency. And there's a very small percentage of younger people in their 30s and 40s that die, and they're all immunodeficient. And most of that immunodeficiency comes from having taken the flu shot or other vaccines, which in fact uh, end up uh, damaging the immune system, tricking the immune system into attacking itself, uh, as is the problem with uh, with uh, with vaccines. And so, um, uh, you know, the study talked about the morbidity uh, with. Um, 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 Uh, with other chronic disease. uh, And what's interesting, of course, is that New York has a much higher rate of death rate than the United States in general, Uh, you know, five or six times higher. And it shows that there's a great deal of interaction with uh, pollution, obesity, bad chronic disease that goes along with living in big urban areas. But New York must be particularly bad about something to have the death rate be so high in that area. Of course, it's um, uh, it's exacerbated fact that uh, you know nobody's allowed to go to the hospital. All the hospitalized people were forced back into nursing homes, on orders of uh, Governor Cuomo, and uh, ended up uh, contain- getting the disease there. And then they're then they're dying. A lot of them go on respirators, which is a very damaging, high pressure. Uh, medical treatment which damages weak lungs that get that pick up of this virus.
0: Right. It, th- 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 that uh, is interesting because one of the problems is they've incentivized putting p- people on ventilators because um, Medicare will pay hospitals $39,000 if they place someone on a ventilator, who has COVID nineteen, but as you say, it seems to hasten death because once you intubate someone, often you're sedating them because it's a, an incredibly uncomfortable situation. The, the person panics. They may give them. They may give them morphine, which suppresses respiration. What are they thinking?
1: Yes, and in addition, there was a doctor, Mike Hansen, who ended up doing an autopsy study of of uh, oh, some twenty. He's an autopsy physician, and, and he's, m- most of these people are dying of thrombosis. They have blood clots being forced out of the lungs because of this intubation and this high pressure, you know, damaging the cell walls and creating uh, blood clots, which then <laughs> either get into the lung um, uh, veins and arteries or else goes into the brain. And so, uh, you know, a lot of these things are just medical problem-induced uh, Uh, But they're with people with chronic disease. It simply doesn't happen with people who are normal and have uh, normal immune system responses.
0: And uh, the, the United States supposedly passed the one hundred thousand COVID nineteen deaths. I don't think either of us give that much serious consideration. By the question to me is by what or, order of magnitude has that number been padded? Uh, simply with uh, because they're reporting this very liberally. These deaths. In fact, um, the uh, Dr. Burks told us that in April she was going to report the deaths in a very liberal manner. Meaning, if you died with COVID nineteen, that would be listed that is dying from COVID-19. So do you have any handle on by what order of magnitude the number has been padded, the fatality rate?
1: Indeed we do, uh, because uh, the Health Department of Colorado, for example, decided that they would revise, instead of uh, classifying everything as COVID-19, they would go back to the standard procedure of what was the principal cause of death with commingling factors of various other things. There's usually three or four causes of death with older, chronically ill people, and they had to downward by 23% the number of deaths in Colorado uh, that they claim to uh, be by COVID-19, and it would have to actually be a lot lesser if, um, uh, you know, you, uh, you really did it honestly, because... Um, uh, the, the CDC himself, you know, said, you know, you are to put on uh, COVID nineteen as the cause of death, even if you suspect, it, and even if you have not tested. But you know, it makes it very easy to do that when the test is so uh, so erroneous. It apparently, according to the Swiss study, picks up any particular RNA from coronaviruses in order to actually pick up. COVID-19, you would have to have a specific genome, a a very detailed genome test where you split apart the entire genome so that you can see where HIV had been spliced in, where SARS-1 had been spliced in, and there are various splices that they've been able to go in, various genetic um, um, uh, extractions from the virus, but this is very costly and takes weeks and weeks of analysis to accomplish. So these tests where they just take a PRC test of they amplify one piece of RNA, which is common to all these coronaviruses, to see if you got COVID-19 is totally inaccurate. But it drives this entire agenda. Look at how many people have tested positive. And, and, you know, they don't tell the fact that, you know, they're not even sick. They don't have any symptoms at all. And that means if you have the common cold, which is a coronavirus, you're going to test positive for COVID-19 and not have any symptoms, obviously.
0: Um, Now, I may be wrong about this, but I seem to remember reading something about vaccines actually having a coronavirus in them because some of them are cultured in dog tissue. And, and dogs and other animals have loads of coronavirus in them. Does that make sense?
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's one of the problems is that you're going to, with the, you know, testing for immunity, for example, Um, You know, you're testing for a broad, over 50% of the immunity tests, uh, people who have never had COVID-19, they come up positive because they've had, uh, you know, a cold or various other coronaviruses that uh, give some antibodies. But here's the whole problem with herd immunity. Just like the flu, just like the cold, you're never going to have a vaccine against the cold because it keeps mutating constantly. You can't get herd immunity to a cold. You can't get herd immunity to uh, influenza because there's different strains that come out each year. And that's why the flu vaccine doesn't work. And that's why the, the vaccine for COVID-19 won't work either because COVID-19 already has 30 variants, according to some virologists now, and it's it's, it's uh, morphing. And what's worse about this vaccine, of course, is going to be an RNA vaccine, which is a geoengineered vaccine genetic alteration, which is implanted which is supposed to produce antibodies. But, as I'm pointing out in this week's World Affairs brief, and this is very, very crucial. One of the top virologists talks about the problems with vaccines and that it only deals with antibodies, whereas the immune system has a totally different response. Antibodies are on a small portion of what it produces to fight disease. You know there are the leukocytes, and there are the other, uh, you know, there's the fever, there's the other things that happen that immune system does to suppress a virus. And when you only inject an antigen, it doesn't train the immune system to go back and do its normal response. And that's why uh, you get a, a vaccine for measles and measles comes back. In fact, most of the measles epidemic that came back were from vaccinated children. that had the attenuated measles virus in them, not from non-vaccinated children getting the measles.
0: Right, right. And and vaccinated mothers who didn't pass on their own wonderful immunity to their children.
1: That's right. So So one of the greatest hmm. evils that occurs, Richard, is vaccinating young children who don't have an immune system that can handle all the impurities and the damage that happens in vaccines to a person's uh, immune system. And that's what tricks... And these adjuvants they put into trick an immune system to not destroy the vaccine uh, causes the immune autoimmune diseases that start to, you know, trick the immune system and attacking its own bodies. There's a great deal of evil that has occurred in this land because of vaccines, which is suppressed actively by Google and other search engines in order to protect big pharma.
0: Joel, how do people subscribe to World Affairs Brief?
1: Well, the World Affairs Brief is a, um, has a modest subscription price of about a dollar a week, $48 a year, and people can get a free sample copy by emailing me at editor at com. and in that sample copy explains to people how to subscribe. They can do it either by a week in a trial issue, after the free issue, or uh, by the month, or by the year, or by two years.
0: One of the great things uh, about the World Affairs Brief, Joel, is you scour the the foreign press. uh, And a lot of the times you get the truth from the foreign press. They don't seem to have the firewall around um, the media the way that we do here in North America. Uh, and, And part of that is because you speak so many languages. How many is it? Six. Six. My word.
1: But you know, This is very true, Richard. It's, um, uh, it's amazing what you can pick up in the foreign press that just never, even Reuters, Reuters in Germany is different than Reuters in the United States. And uh, uh, you pick up things that you just can't pick up elsewhere. And so it's, uh, it's a time consuming process. And that's why I appreciate people when they subscribe to support my work.
0: Just a, a quick aside. How many newspapers uh, online or hard copy are you going through every day?
1: Well, I see about 100 stories um, um, that I go through in detail a day, and it can vary. During this coronavirus, it's amazing. There's just a flood of opinion uh, that goes on, and, and some of it pretty good. Uh, and the most difficult thing in the brief is editing down all the material I get and, and sort through every day and trying to get it into 16 pages that I put out in the brief every week.
0: You know, one of the most disappointing uh, things that that I've witnessed, and and I have to blame myself as well, is the way that we have rolled over and ceded so easily, like candy from a baby. Our liberties to to petty bureaucrats, public health uh, officials, and and politicians. Uh, do you do you share my my despair in that regard?
1: Yeah. I'm I'm utterly shocked, Richard, at how easily people yielded up things. And I've analyzed it in the World Affairs Brief and come to these conclusions. One, a lot of it's owing to the improper respect we give to the establishment medical profession. We treat them as gods. My doctor said this. My doctor said that. Uh, But believe me, they are a one-sided medical establishment that is hostile to anything natural, anything that is not drug-oriented whether it's that even natural hormones. They want the synthetic one. They push these things. They make. They have kickbacks to these drugs. Uh, we really don't owe the kind of respect to the medical establishment we should because they're no longer honest, especially if they work for a major hospital. They will be branded, banned, and remove their licenses if they push um, non-protocol established medicine. So that's been one of the big things. Uh, the medical system says that we're going to, you to do this if we if we don't wear masks, if we stay six feet apart, invented by a 14-year-old, you know, it's just ludicrous that these arbitrary standards without any constitutional authority have been given to governors who have given them to health officials. And uh, there's many legal challenges that are being uh, built upon these uh, improper uh, emergency orders that I think are going to uh, sort out through
0: the courts. Well, you mentioned doctors, and there are a growing number of doctors actually who have broken with the ranks and, and spoken out uh, and their, their videos are quickly taken down on YouTube and on Twitter, yeah. although yeah. I feel it's almost like the French underground because people are passing them around and saying, forward this to your friends before it gets taken down or they're finding it somewhere else and screen, grabbing a screen shot of it, etc., and passing around these videos. And you have brave doctors coming out and saying, you know, the ICU uh, is empty, uh, we are being told you know, to report these as COVID nineteen deaths when they're not—they're they're really um, coming to the fore. A, a, a good number of them, and uh, I'm. Well, it's
1: too bad. It looks like a good number of them, but it's only about—it's probably less than fifteen nationwide compared to millions of doctors. That's how suppressed medical professionals are. In the, I mean, they were forced to take the vaccines, um, and as I pointed out in last week's world further, get prepared to get out of the medical profession if you don't want to take the vaccine. And get out of major companies, unfortunately, are going to force their employees to take the vaccine because it's now a condition for letting their employees come back to work. That's the big thing that I'm covering in this week's World Affairs Brief is all of the surveillance and the apps in Apple and Google phones that to be used to track you with Bluetooth. So they interact with other people's telephones uh and if they've been labeled as a COVID positive and you've got within a certain amount of feet, it will register to the authorities that you've been contaminated. And it's all they're all talking voluntary, but it won't be voluntary. We're going to see a tremendous amount of interference in domestic surveillance with our smartphones. And they're going to be the tracking devices of government. And to get the immunity passport to fly now in the future, you're going to have to give a biometric DNA data you're going to have to show you've been vaccinated so that just like the TSA to get pre-checked, you know, to get in the front of the line in order to not have your temperature taken and not go through all the folder all you're going to have to have this immunity passport. So what they prepared for us is even worse than what's happening with the economic shutdown. It's going to drive this agenda for domestic biometric surveillance.
0: And uh, do you see mandatory vaccines coming, widespread mandatory, not just sector by sector, but mandatory across the board?
1: They're going to try, uh, but they're because Trump fortunately has come out and said, I'm not for and I will not endorse mandatory vaccines, it will be up to the states, and the Democratic states will push it. Uh, probably at the top of the list is Washington state governor is just acting like a tyrant, second to michigan governor gretchen whitmer i mean these states are just tyrannical about pushing uh, these things and keeping businesses closed so vaccination will be i think the the silver bullet they're going to push and they're going to try to make it mandatory there's going to be a big fight about 30 percent of americans are very very skeptical despite the censorship about vaccine safety and they should be
0: which governors um you, you've pointed out some of the uh, well. We could call this segment darts and laurels. So you know, a dart goes to Governor Cuomo, Governor uh, um, Whitmer, uh, the governor of uh, Washington. Uh, which governor is News- Newsom? Newsom. Governor Newsom of
1: California. Yes, certainly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who's going to keep it? Who's, yes. Who's going to keep uh, <laughs>
1: take, things know, locked down until?
0: Uh, who gets, yeah, a, who gets uh, a laurel? Wh- which governors have really shone?
1: the only one, really, the only one really is uh, Governor Newham of uh, South Dakota, the only one who has basically resisted any economic shutdown of businesses and said, I'm not going to violate people's rights. In my new edition of Strategic Relocation, every state, every conservative state, quote, even Utah and Idaho, the two former top-rated states, get downgraded one half a star because their governors went along with this. And even though it wasn't claimed mandatory. They said, if you don't do this voluntarily, we'll make it mandatory. So it was just as bad when it went along with them. But only South Dakota really has uh, stood up and, and defended against a lot of criticism. Uh, her own state legislature and government officials attacking her.
0: So is there going to be an attempt to, to fool us with a second wave, a third wave? Are they going to wear us down this way?
1: I'm not sure they're going to be able to manufacture additional waves because this just isn't that uh, dangerous. But, you know, when the test is as invalid as it is, they can keep saying, you know, it's, it's still not going down. But the point is, all they have to do is we've still got a uh, high infection rate. We've still got people. We still have to keep this social distancing. We still have to. I mean, so they're letting businesses go. I mean, they're going to have a real rebellion on their hands if you didn't let restaurants ever open. So they're rest. Uh, letting go, but look at what the universities are doing. This is the most yes man crowd of people I've ever seen in the world. They're talking now in major universities of filling classrooms only to one fourth of capacity, holding classes all day long, shortened hours, using teaching assistants to fill in. Their, I mean, it's just a joke. People are not going to tolerate this. One of the greatest d- problems for the globalist is that. Millions more are now considering homeschooling rather than let their kids go back to these restrictions in public schools, yes. and it's driving a homeschool movement.
0: Yes, that's one silver lining. We've been homeschooling for the last four years, and I was very heartened to read a poll. Um, in fact, I have a a, a woman uh, coming on the, the podcast tomorrow uh, to talk about this. Forty percent of Americans now are considering homeschooling, and I I knew that it would only take something like this for people to realize you know, how possible it is, how, how it's not complicated, the resources are there. And I, I really hope, as you say, that this is uh, sort of the death knell of the globalists and also uh, perhaps the, the beginning of the end for uh, public education, at least the, the way we know it right now. Do you think it's gonna really take off after this homeschooling?
1: Well, you know, having homeschooled uh, six children with my wife, and our children have uh, started homeschooling their children. Uh, it, it's a tough go. I mean, uh, but the results are wonderful. I mean, especially the social results of not being exposed to all of this bad attitudes that people people pick up in public schools. Not to mention, you know, the propaganda that they're they're filled with. But it's it's not an easy go. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are not going to be assorted. But the the silver lining is that the best people are starting to think of homeschooling. It's no longer a lot of low-class people who have problem kids in public school who get threatened to be kicked out that start to homeschool. That gave public, uh, you know, homeschooling a bad reputation to begin with. Now you have some of your most highly educated parents are saying, I'm going to make this happen. I'm not going to subject myself anymore to these you know, bad results in public education, especially now. Um, And so I think it's going to take off. I don't see it as destroying publication, uh, public education. How can you, when they get this freebie of taxing all of us who never use public schools with all of our millions of dollars to build these lavish schools, even conservatives love public schooling because they don't have to pay for it, or at least they they don't think they have to pay for it. But the social price that we're paying, the moral price, the... uh, you know, is, is really overwhelming the country. Well, we're raising a bunch of Marxists, including public universities.
0: Absolutely. Is the United States as we know it going to survive this, Joel?
1: Well, our liberty, I don't believe, is going to survive this. Um, I think we're always going to be under the gun um, with restrictions. And um, I, I mean, if they could so easily take down liberties, think what happens when nuclear war comes with Russia and China. They'll be able to justify anything they want, including martial law. And I think this is a prepper to get people ready for it. Now, the, another silver lining. My business has gone off the roof in terms of sales of strategic relocation. Even though the third edition is out of print, the PDF edition is still available. It's just selling like hotcakes. How do we get that? People are realizing, people are realizing that being in the big cities where all these restrictions and all this tracking is going on is what we've got to get away from. And out here in Ruralsville in, in America, it's relatively free still, and it will continue to be so. So my prediction that high urban densities is your biggest threat has really come true, and people are more interested in prepping, more interested in homeschooling, more interested in getting out of the big cities.
0: And how do we get a copy of the third edition of Strategic Relocation?
1: Well, it's uh, the PDF edition of that is still available on my website, joelskousen.com, and um but the new fourth edition, in print edition, is going to be out in about mid June, and so that's a totally updated edition, including the coronavirus crisis and which states perform better.
0: And uh, give me the, can you give me the top three states?
1: Uh, still, South Dakota, Utah, and Idaho, and the reason South Dakota isn't higher than Utah and Idaho, even though it's more free right now, is that you know the state otherwise is pretty flat and without much cover and concealment or other uh, you know, factors that make it a good retreat state. It doesn't have hardly any mountains except the Black Hills of South Dakota, which is mostly owned by Indians. But uh, uh, overall, still, Utah and Idaho are still best uh, uh, in terms of the overall issues. But uh, we've got a fight on our hands out here, and both of those states trying to keep our liberty among these mainstream Republican governors who ends up being yes-men to the globalists without knowing it.
0: Uh, last quick question, and that is, are we heading into a prolonged global depression?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, if if this, we already are uh, sustaining some significant long-term damage to the economy by being shut down uh, for this long. A lot of people will not survive this, despite the bailouts. They still won't be able, they're going into debt, they won't be able to pay their rent, they won't, they're going to lose their businesses, so... Uh, It's just the threat, I think, of of this happening that is driving people towards government bailouts. I mean, that's a whole other subject, but you know about how the government has just started printing money out the gazoo, and it's so far not uh, achieved a great deal of hyperinflation, but it's still coming. I mean, uh, you can't turn everybody out of free markets and start bailing everybody out with free money uh, without it destroying the American dollar and, and a lot of free market enterprise.
0: Finally, how do we get a copy or how do we subscribe to World Affairs Brief?
1: People can go to worldaffairsbrief.com, my website, and it gives a sample or the preview of today's brief and gives you a chance to get a free sample copy from editor at worldaffairsbrief.com.
0: Joel, always a pleasure. You stay safe. Uh, We need you now more than ever. Thank you so much for this.
1: Thank you, Richard. Good to be with you.
0: Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, just enough time to say thanks for listening. I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com Blow your mind. That is all for now.